Come on. Welcome to Lifeblood REI and welcome our guest, strong and powerful Victor Yurichek. Victor, are you ready to do this? I'm ready. Thanks for having me. Yeah, excited to have you on. Victor is a fix and flipper. He did 20 last year. He intends to do 30 this year. He does all kinds of property types and he helps other people to do the same. Victor, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work and why you do what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, as you mentioned, I'm in Gainesville, Florida. I primarily fix and flip, and I just really enjoy the process of fix and flip. So you find a property that's kind of crummy, outdated, beat up, and you restore it, and you make it really look nice. And then you're in and out, and you get a big check, and it's really you know, it's really exciting to go through that entire process. Um, so it's really cool to do that. And as you mentioned, yeah, 20 last year, 30 this year is the goal, and want to do more next year. And it's just really exciting stuff to, to really – improve neighborhoods and make a profit at the same time. Yeah, well, I certainly appreciate that. So you figure out how to do it, and I imagine then that people are like, Victor, how'd you do that? And they're like, oh, maybe I should start uh, Maybe I should start helping other people do this too? Exactly, yeah. So that's, that's exactly how it got started. So I was doing it, and I think a lot of people have a fascination with flipping houses hmm. just because they see the HDTV shows, maybe they have friends or family or people they know who also do it. Um, so I just, you know, started to do it myself, had some success. People are like, Oh, how are you doing it? You know, how are you finding the deals? How are you putting together the money? I want to, you know, get in on this as well. And just got a lot of people excited. So I started, you know, helping others get started too. Um, I think it's just a really cool thing. It's really cool to see uh, through your own efforts, like a place get transformed and, um, yeah, just to see it step by step and the finished product is, you know, really jaw dropping if you do it correctly. Yeah, I appreciate that. And what you laid out, you find a crummy, a crummy property, you fix it up, you make it look great, you're improving the neighborhood, and then you get a big check. Mm-hmm. And that, that 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 certainly sounds really good. Um, do you have a sense of how many people that this that fi- that flipping a property doesn't work for? And I'm curious as to why that is. Yeah, so I think it's something like, I was reading the numbers on this recently, so it's something like 68% of first-time flippers actually don't make a profit, do mm-hmm. not make a profit. So a little over half, which is kind of scary. Um, so it's, it's typically coming down to the numbers as to you know, why, why it doesn't work. Um, and then I ran my like, little own internal survey, and out of like, people I kept in contact with who were brand-new beginners and how many actually wanted to get started, uh, something out of like 106 out of 106, only four got started. So, um, which is kind of mind boggling to me. Like life gets in the way. I get it. But a lot of people are smart out there, you know, getting into it, taking action. Uh, so it just really blew me away on all fronts with regards to that stuff. But, um, it's, you know, once you get through it and you start to get a hang of it and learn it, then it becomes really lucrative, really fun and uh, exciting to be a part of. Yeah. Appreciate that. So, what was it that, that sort of motivated you to get into it? Because I, I, I definitely think you're right. And HGTV stock, I, I don't know what it was 10 years ago, but I'm sure it's much higher than it is <laughs> was back then. And <laughs> what, uh, what, 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 what sort of motivated you? Yeah, for sure. So I, was, I used to work in healthcare, like as an administrator, home health administrator. So I'd help run the office and just slowly realized like, hey, this isn't for me. So the first thing was like I would help you know, improve the company and grow its revenue. And 
it just felt like I was kind of stuck. So I would help grow the company and hit all these goals. And then my, my own income would stay the same. So I was like, hey, wait a second, what's going on here? Uh, despite all the promises made. So that was the first thing. Second thing, I just didn't really enjoy what I was doing. So that was the, the other negative piece of it. Um, so with those two things, I always had the real estate bug. Like it was always in the back of my mind. And figure like, well, let's just let's just get into it. So slowly transition, started doing wholesaling, started doing flipping, and then switched to full time. Uh, but that's what really motivated me to get into real estate. Like just where I was at, uh, just wasn't cutting it for a number of reasons, and uh, just wanted to, you know, make a change and was motivated to do so. Nice. So, do you have a real estate license? I actually don't. No, I don't. So I just you know buy it, fix it up, and sell it. Um, so I actually don't have a license myself. Okay. So that's not required to do what you're doing. Correct. Yeah. So you can just like, I, I don't want to say any old person can do it, but anyone can do it, uh, with regards to the real estate license. And here's a good, you know, like actionable tip. So I actually use what's called like a flat fee listing service. So instead of paying a realtor, you know, 3% to list your property, uh, with regards to listing a property, it's relatively straightforward, pretty easy. Uh, you know, you've listed, especially it's a hot market now. So you get multiple showings, multiple offers. Uh, but I use like that flat fee listing service. So instead of paying that 3%, I pay, I think it's $179 and they list on MLS, Zillow, truly a realtor.com and listed everywhere. Um, I actually did the math here recently. I saved about so far in my career, I've saved about like $120,000 just by listing it myself and use that MLS flat fee, flat fee service, excuse me. Um, you know, you don't have to pay that 3%. Um, it's pretty cheap, you know, pretty much nationwide. They have all these different flat fee services. Uh, realtors don't like it as you can imagine, but, um, it's a great way to save money. Yeah. Okay. So how do you think about, um, you have a certain criteria, how, how, how do you figure out which property to, to, to acquire and flip? Oh, for sure. So there's a lot of, there's a million variables that go into this. So I try to make it as, uh, you know, easy and actionable as possible. So you can always look at like, oh, what are the schools? What's the neighborhood? Oh, is it, you know, two bedroom, one bath, three bedroom, two bath. And there's all these different variables. So the, so what I look at is the numbers. So I follow with 70% rule. Um, and just for your listeners here, so 70% rule is like the max offer you can pay, max offer you can put on a property. So let's say, so 70% uh, ARV minus repairs. ARV being like after repaired value, like what's the retail value? Like once it's all fixed up, what can it sell for? Uh, so just a quick example to, to drive it home. Uh, so let's say ARV, like what you can sell it for is a hundred thousand. Uh, let's say repairs are 10,000, like what you need to put into it to get up to speed or up to, up to par. Um, so hundred thousand times 0.7 minus 10. Uh, so your max offer is 60. So if someone said, Hey, I want to sell this property for 4000 Great. Jump on it at the deal. Awesome. But if that same person says, hey, I want to sell this property for 90000 well, it's it's a bit overpriced. You're, you're going to be losing money on it. So I just really like to simplify it down to the numbers um, just to make it you know super actionable. Like, okay, I want to move forward on this deal. This is a good deal for this reason. Uh, but you just really make it as, as uh, simple as possible. Got it. Okay. And do you feel like... like- you can look at a certain part of town. Let's just use use Gainesville as, the, as an example, and it's X Y Z neighborhood. And you say, okay, I think that this is probably a good a good area for me to do what I'm doing based on my research. Uh, is is that essentially how 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 you start looking at targets? 
That, that's pretty much it. Yeah. So again, it's about the numbers. So with the with the ARV, it, it takes all of that into account. So if it's a let's call it a rougher neighborhood, then the the property is going to be selling for less over there. Um, so that's all baked into like the comps. That's all baked into like what the properties are selling for. Uh, so that's how you you know look at it. I, I I would shy away from like really really beat up neighborhoods like a like a war torn neighborhood. But um, for the most part, I'm pretty agnostic when it comes to that sort of stuff. Like if the numbers make sense, I'm in. Got it. And then how do you actually acquire the property? Yeah. So we I mean we typically you know with a fix and flip we buy it fix up and sell. So we actually own the property. Um, there's a lot of different ways to actually buy the property, I, especially for your listeners. Uh, maybe they don't have the best credit or maybe they don't have the best uh, financial situation where they just can't buy property cash, which is, I imagine, most people. Um, I typically even currently go down the route of what I call like a money partner. So you find the deal, you would help manage the renovation, you would help sell the property. Um, and you're like the sweat equity boots on the ground. And in exchange for that, someone else would put in all the money and they're more passive. Uh, but then you would split the profits. Um, so that way, like if the money isn't the thing holding you back anymore. And there's plenty of people who you may not even be aware of in your network who have the funds or who want to um, who want to get started doing this. And they have money sitting in the bank and it makes, you know, 0.01%. And it's like, well, yeah, I'd love to get into real estate. I'd love to uh, split this deal with you. And it becomes really exciting that way. So that's actually how I got started. That's how I did my first deal. Um, I had like a low 500 credit score, maybe a couple thousand in the bank, but I found a great smoking deal, found a money partner and, and split the profit. And, and uh, the rest is, you know, where I'm at now. Nice. I love it. All right. So you figured this out. You said, okay, this is what I'm interested in doing. I've got a friend that I think can, can help me with the financing or just we he'll, 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 he'll be the money partner. You get the house, and then all of a sudden, now Victor's got his tool belt on. He's going to get in there, and uh, it's demo day, or 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 or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. So let's walk walk me through that process. Yeah, for sure. So uh, with regards to like the renovation of the property, there's, there's a couple ways to do it. So before I like go into the rabbit hole, uh, I just want to explain like the three models. So the first model is do it yourself DIY. Um, so you you do the painting, you do the flooring. Like you're you're pretty active hands hands-on. Uh, like you said, you put on the tool belt and make it happen. That's the first model. Uh, second model is more like a, a done-with-you model where you hire the painter, get the painting done, great, pay him. Hire the flooring guy, get the flooring done. Um, and then like, hire the roofer, gets the roofer, roofing done. So that, that sort of stuff there. Uh, so that's the second model. Uh, third model is more like a done-for-you model. Like you hire a general contractor, you pay him, uh, he'll take care of everything A to Z, and it just makes it super simple for you. So those are like the three models. There's not necessarily anything wrong with either model. Um, you're just trading off time and money. So if you do the work yourself, and I mean, it's going to cost you uh, time, but it's going to save you money. Uh, if you hire a general contractor, it's going to save you uh, time, but it's going to cost you money. So it's always that trade-off. Uh, so as you're getting into the renovation, I'd recommend your listeners, like, hey, just think through what model you're most comfortable with. And it should be like immediately apparent. Like some people are like, hey, give me a tool belt, give me a hammer, I'll, I'll get it done. Some people say like, hey, I'm busy, I'm working full time. I really don't have time for this. I just want to give it to someone else and they can take care of it. Uh, so that's how I'd recommend you go about the, the renovation. And which, which, which of the three are you? So uh, believe it or not, I actually started, I've actually gone through all three. So when I started, I uh, was pretty active in painting, flooring, demo, 
Uh, demo day was the best day because it was fun to take a sledgehammer <laughs> to some cabinets. So, <laughs> uh, so I kind of missed that. But uh, and then I went through the like the, the hiring of painters and that sort of thing. Now how I do it, uh, just because I do so much volume, like there's no way I I feel myself working if I had to do all the work myself. Uh, so I typically just hire a project manager, pay her flat fee, and then like she takes care of everything. Like she's out there, you know, checking the work, paying people, uh, ordering work done. Uh, so that's how I've been doing it recently. Uh, but as you as you scale up and do more volume, like that's a, that's a necessity. Yeah, that certainly does make sense. And I I imagine Victor, this is not something that I've ever done. Um, but I imagine that if you are not paying close attention, your profit will just slowly slip through your fingers, uh, like death by a thousand cuts by just one percent here or one percent there. Yes. Yeah, so you got to watch out for that. Also, the other thing, just to add on to what you're saying, like time when you're flipping is your enemy. Uh, just because you might have some sort of hard money or there's property insurance, property taxes, utilities. So every, you can even figure it out, like every day uh, you're losing money. So you want to be uh, making optimal decisions, not only based on cost, uh, but also based on time. So let's say, for an example, you have plumber, uh, plumber A who can do the plumbing today and that's for 5,000. Or you have plumber B who can do the plumbing in a month uh, for 4,000. So all things being equal, if that were your only variables, the idea would be, oh, let's just go with plumber B and uh, you'll save a thousand bucks, which makes sense. Uh, But if you you have to know your numbers in terms of property insurance, property tax and utilities, and if let's say you're paying 1,500 a month to own that property, uh, then it would actually make sense to hire the more expensive person who can get started today. By the time you wait a month, I mean, you're, you're paying that in your holding costs. So it's just, you know, but again, my point is like time is your enemy when it comes to flips. So especially when we do our flips, like we try to be as quick as possible and be quick and efficient and not cut corners. Uh, so you're doing kind of a balancing act there. Uh, that's how we could, you know, typically do it. So we're, you know, in and out on our average deal about four months from closing table to closing table. So we really try to, I don't want to say speed through it, but we really try to, you know, get through it as efficiently as possible. Yeah, it certainly does make sense. I mean, yeah, you don't want to, you're obviously not cutting corners, but you want to be as efficient as possible because in this example, for sure, time time is money. So, yeah. Got it. Nice. Um, are there certain things that, that, that just sort of rookie mistakes that, that you see over and over again? Uh, I would say the first thing, oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, so for, from the 20 deals I did last year, um, only one of which was on market. So on market meaning like MLS listed, uh, where everyone can see it. So only one. So the vast majority of my deals are off market. So I'm going directly to the seller, working with the wholesaler, um, this, that, and the other. So I see a lot of rookies make that mistake where they say, okay, cool. I want to get into flipping. I want to get into real estate. Let me grab a realtor and let me start looking on Zillow for a deal. Um, they'll quickly find out. They'll start to go look at houses. They'll start to make offers. And they quickly find out like they're being outbid, um, that they are missing out on deals. Like they are a day late and they get outbid on a deal um, or someone else picks it up. The numbers don't make sense for these MLS deals. So for some reason, I don't know how these people put together their numbers, but they're bidding you know, 10, 20, 30,000 above you. And like that's your entire profit margin. Uh, so that's a big mistake I see a lot of people make. Uh, where, you know, the on market versus off market. 
Um, and it's like nine times out of 10 that people do that. I think it's part of just like the HGTV thing where people are like, yes, I want to do it. And like, let's go look where everyone else is looking. Uh, but if you look where everyone else is looking, like you're getting the same data as everyone else, you're looking at the same thing as everyone else. So it's just unlikely you'll be able to scrape together a deal that way. Yeah, that certainly does make sense. Um, makes all the sense. And going back to your number of your 70% rule, it, if you're all of a sudden paying 10% more than you were expecting, then that's mm-hmm. that's that's really going to screw everything up and cut into your profit and, and, and all that. So I appreciate that. Exactly. Well, Victor, the people are ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Absolutely. So as a part of this, I've seen, and I've gone through this myself, and I've you know, taught students this as well, uh, where I recommend in terms of getting started, like to take take baby steps and take like little small actions that expand your comfort zone and they like expand your comfort zone. So you get, make progress in little ways. So I've seen a lot of people, especially beginners make the mistake where they're like, yes, I want to get into this. Yes. I want to make this happen. I'm going to make 30 offers over the weekend. I'm going to look at 30 houses and out of those, you know, 30 houses, I'm going to get a deal. And the weekend rolls around and what happens is actually make zero offers. And the issue is that they've kind of hyped themselves up, up. They've made this huge promise themselves, and then it just kind of explodes in their face. So I recommend the opposite path. So instead of making this huge goal and getting uh, getting messed up or messing up and not getting a goal to go through just because you've hyped yourself up too much, I recommend doing the exact opposite. So doing like this little baby step, this little small action that's going to push you and the right direction is going to make you a little bit uncomfortable. But if you compound and continue to do these little steps every day, then you're going to be surprised where you're at in a year from now. So I would recommend, and I would challenge your listeners to do the following. So especially for beginners, um, to actually get out your, you know, get out and go and do your first deal. So for your first piece of homework, I would say like, don't even like make an offer on a place. So I imagine a lot of your folks are maybe in analysis paralysis or they just don't know what to do. Um, so I would say like, just get out there and talk to a seller. Don't even make an offer. Don't worry about that. Just talk to them about the property. Like how long have you owned it? Uh, what repairs do you think are needed? Uh, how old is the roof? Why are you looking to sell? Just, just talk to a seller and get to know them. That's, that's it. And then, I mean, your next piece of homework can be like to make an offer but just to get you in the habit of like taking action, looking at properties, talking to people, uh, and I highly recommend this. Uh, a lot of folks, especially beginners, get in their head like, what if I say something dumb? What if I say the wrong thing? What if I, I mess up? Uh, what if they realize I'm not a professional, I don't know what I'm doing, or I have a lot of questions and I'm not sure where to get them answered. So I recommend that, just to, you know, just get started. And if you do that every day, then you'll be surprised you know, where you're at in a year. Well, I think that that is great stuff. That definitely gets come on, come on. I think that that's that's awesome advice right there. It's taking those small actions, and to your point, what if I say something dumb? Well, you probably will. So you want to just just be, <laughs> yeah. you, you want to be doing a lot of that versus uh versus just one of that. So I love it. Exactly. exactly. Well, Victor, if there's any consolation, I still mess up today. I oh, don't know for if that, that's helpful <laughs> for I still make still say dumb stuff today. So. <laughs> Amen. Well, Victor, thanks so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can people engage with you? Yeah, for sure. So I'm I'm pretty active on Facebook. So if folks want to look me up, Victor Yurchuk. Uh Luckily, my name's very unique, so you'll find me pretty quickly. 
I also have a free Facebook group if folks want to join uh, Six Figure House Flipper. If you want to look that up and just join. Again, it's a free Facebook group. I go over like free tips, you know, how to get started. Uh, I go over a lot of my deals, do like deal breakdowns. We're getting to a ton of uh, numbers. Uh, I also teach you like how to, how to get the deals, how to, you know, get the money. So I just break down everything that I do. Uh, again, that's just a free Facebook group. So if folks want to go over to Six Figure House Flipper, search that on Facebook, you'll, you'll find more about me. Love it. Well, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show Victor your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. You can find Victor on Facebook. His name is spelled V-I-K-T-O-R, Juracek, J-I-R-A-C-E-K, and find his group, the Six Figure House Flipper, and start moving in the right direction by taking small actions. Thanks again, Victor. Thanks for having me. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight as we are all in this together.